If you've been with us for the last month or so, you may know that we are in the midst of a series where we're talking about what it means to be known by God. The last couple of weeks, we've been in a really engaging conversation around what it looks like to have a vital faith, a faith that goes simply beyond living a good life and having moral values to living a life of faith that is expectant for God to be at work in the midst of our own lives. Today, we're going to spend some time kind of picking up on that conversation and talking about how we can move past just an individual faith into a faith that is lived out in community, a kind of faith that calls us to a friendship with God that it always extends to a friendship with one another. I'm going to start off this morning with two confessions uh, that seem to be wildly unrelated, but somehow are related for me. The first one, which is one that doesn't happen to me quite as often as it used to in previous seasons of life. But whenever I get the question, like, tell me about yourself, I am just like horrible at ever giving any kind of answer to that. Like, it is a question that I just always dread, and I don't know why I'm super bad at answering it or telling people just simple things about myself, but it's like everything that I've ever known to be true about myself just like leaves my brain in that moment. And I'm like, mm, sorry, I don't know. My name's Hope. This is this is all I've got. Uh, second, is, second confession that I have for you this morning or today is that I am a bit of a card hoarder. I wouldn't say that I struggle with holding on to things just in general, but I absolutely struggle with holding on to cards or notes that people have written me. If you at any point have ever written me a card or some kind of handwritten note, I guarantee you that I still have it. If someone writes me a card, then basically as far as I'm concerned, that card is now a part of my life for the rest of ever. Like that's just how it goes. I get it. I put it in a box with all the, my other cards and they are now a part of journeying with me wherever I go. <laughs> I really, I don't know what it is about cards that makes it so hard for me to part from them but somehow I think that it is connected to this same concept of me hating whenever people ask me about myself. Whenever I read a note from a friend, whether it is a friend from middle school or a warm fuzzy that was written in high school, those cards are my parents' house, uh, or a birthday card that my best friend wrote me last year, like I love that these are cards and notes that remind me of who I am. I think one of the things that... I love about kind of going back and reading cards and why I want to hold on to them is because they remind me who I am and reading about uh, kind of what people have said to me or kind of our relationship in different se seasons and series of life remind me of kind of what it looks like to be at home with myself, kind of calling me back into that relationship. Cards and notes remind me even when I struggle to articulate who I am or what the most important things are about me, that I am known. They remind me who I am even when I have a tendency to forget. Notes or cards remind me that I'm known in the context of relationship, not outside of it. Uh, we've been in a sermon series where we've been talking about how we're known by God, not just in an abstract kind of way, but in a deeply personal kind of way. And I think it can be really hard to conceive of the fact that we are known by God. Like maybe we are aware of the fact that we're known by God. Maybe we know that God loves us, but it can be a lot harder to like know deeply that we are known by God. Sometimes when I think about how we tend to think about God knowing us, 
I think that we have this kind of cultural imagination that God knows us in a way that God can like look something up in a database like we might on a computer and therefore relay information about who we are outside of the context of relationship just from a place of knowing information. But no, God knows us in a much more kind of personal way than that. Because again, God knows us in the context of relationship, not outside of it. In fact, Jesus regularly reminds us that at the core of our faith is our relationship with God that then immediately extends to our relationship with one another. In the Gospel of John, just after Jesus has had the Last Supper with his disciples, but before his betrayal and arrest, he shares with his disciples some kind of like final reminders that we've come to call the farewell discourse. And in these chapters, Jesus is preparing his friends, his disciples, for his death and resurrection. And one of the primary kind of reminders that Jesus gives is about friendship. Jesus says, uh, this is the Gospel of John chapter 15, verse 12. He says, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends. If you do what I command you, I do not call you servants any longer, because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends, because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my father. You didn't choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you to go and to bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. I'm giving you these commands so that you may love one another. Y'all, Jesus is about to leave his disciples, and he's saying, like, there is one last thing that I want you to remember, and it's this, love one another as I have loved you. Jesus begins by preparing them for what's about to happen as he tells them that he's going to make this greatest sacrifice and giving up his life for his friends. And then in case it isn't clear, Jesus goes on to say, I need you to know, like, you are my friends. I have called you friends. And as I was first kind of reading back over this scripture, I felt like this was kind of an interesting thing for Jesus to say. I know I certainly have never told my friends, hey, I just want to make sure that you know that I call you friends. Like that, that feels like kind of a weird thing to say. So I have to believe that as Jesus is saying this to his disciples, that there's maybe something more going on here. When their friendship together began, I'm sure that it was seen more like uh, Jesus was seen more as a mentor or a rabbi to his disciples. But it seems like in this passage, Jesus is reminding them that they have been learning from him all along. So that after his kind of death and resurrection, when he is not with them any longer, that they don't need to panic because they already have what they need. So Jesus tells them, like, I have called you friends because I've made known to you everything that I have heard from my father. Jesus is saying, listen, there is not a secret code that you need to crack once I'm gone. I've told you everything you need to know. You simply need to remember to love one another. And then he kind of reiterates, like, you know how to do this because it's what we've been doing together all along. In fact, all throughout scripture, we see a link between a relationship with God and a relationship with one another. These two things regularly go hand in hand. We can't grow closer to Jesus and not get closer to one another in the process. Now, this is not a perfect image, but there's an image that I've been kind of visualizing in my own imagination that I'm going to try to throw up a, an image for on the screen. But as I've been kind of thinking about our relationship with God as well as our relationship with one another, if we are growing closer and closer to God, then we are 
always growing closer and closer to one another. If we are kind of going in the same direction, all headed towards God, then we will always be closer and closer to one another. As Jesus tells his disciples to love one another as I have loved you. This passage is also a reminder that friendship and loving one another isn't something that is just at the periphery of our faith, but rather it is essential to our faith. So much of our lives, I think, are spent in kind of learning environments in one way or another. And in most of these places, we are learning information. And because of that, I think sometimes we approach our faith in the same way, that the information is the most important part, that if we can just crack the code well enough, then we'll be good to go. But as we listen to Jesus's words, as he's talking to his friends, his disciples, in these kind of farewell discourse moments, I'm reminded that it's not just information that kind of leads to a life of faith, but rather relationships are at the heart of our faith, both our relationships with one another and our relationship with God. I actually was reminded of just how essential relationships are to a life of faith just a few weeks ago. I was helping to teach a class that we regularly do around here called Core 2, and this is a class that's all centered around spiritual gifts. And the night of this class, we had several folks from our church that had come to share for the Core 2 class a little bit about how they're living into their own spiritual gifts. And two of the people that were there shared how they're living into their gifts in brand new ministries that they have started here at the church. And the third person that shared is using their gifts to serve in longstanding ministries here that kind of fit their gifts and passions. And as each person was sharing their story... I heard this recurring theme of just how integral other people were in the process of each of these three working to name and use their gifts. It wasn't a process that happened in an instant, uh, but it was a process as they were kind of living into their faith over a number of months and years that they were able to see these gifts for different ministries kind of develop over the course of time. For some, it was a small group here at the church or a series of conversations with people here on our staff team that helped them to name their gifts and passions that they had and what it might look like to use them. For others, it was a process that they kind of spent many hours processing with friends or spouses or even a mix of both. Their stories aren't mine to share, so I won't reiterate them this morning. But as I was listening, I was thinking about just how vital people have been in my own journey of faith. I'm regularly grateful for friends, mentors, colleagues that have helped me to more clearly name and even use my gifts and passions. It reminded me also about a series of conversations that I've had with friends over the last couple years as I've been processing my own gifts. Uh, A couple years ago, I joined a kickball team. This is right as we were coming out of COVID and starting to be able to do things out in the world again. And my sister really wanted me to join this kickball team with her. So the two of us, along with a few other friends, decided we would join this kickball team. And none of us had played kickball since we were kids in a cul-de-sac where there were no rules. We were just kind of making them up as we went. But for some reason, I loved being a part of this team. And I felt like there was a part of me that came alive in a brand new way as we were building this kickball team and week after week going to different games and playing And after months of processing in a lot of different ways, some of which actually took place as I was teaching Core 2, I was able for myself to more clearly name why I loved being on that team and kind of what was at work behind the scenes. 
And that was because I, in that season, was able to use my passion for hospitality and uh, gifts for helping to connect other people and facilitate new friendships that I hadn't been able to use in the season prior to that when we were more at home in the midst of COVID and more isolated from one another. Now, whenever we are discerning gifts or calling or wondering what God is saying to us and how we can respond in an expectant sort of way, I'm regularly reminded that our faith is always better lived out in the context of relationship with one another. I wonder if this feels true for you as well. If you think about your own story, uh, as you think about maybe the job that you have or a volunteer role that you're serving in or some kind of project that you're really passionate about, I wonder like how did that involvement come about? Did you have friends or colleagues that you processed with to help name gifts or passions that you had to be able to lead and serve in those different areas? Maybe you had an experience like mine where in the midst of one thing, you were able to name gifts and passions that maybe seemingly were unrelated on the surface. It isn't new information to me that we can come to know ourselves and even our gifts more fully in community. But as I was sitting and listening to the stories of these three people that night in Kortu, having seen also a lot of beauty from the ways in which they have lived into their calling and their gifts in different ways across time, I was reminded again of the importance of friendship and relationships in a life of faith. If you have been with us over the last month or so, maybe you've heard that we are challenging ourselves to have 400 people from our church commit to cultivating six new meaningful relationships. And we are making this invitation not because we believe that uh, relationships with one another are just like something fun that we should do to get to know one another a little bit better. Uh, I mean, sure, we do want that to happen. But what's at the heart of this invitation is that we do believe that relationships with one another are not just periphery to our faith, but rather they are a vital part of what it looks like to live out our faith and community with one another. Um, this is whether or not we are discerning calling or gifts or what it looks like to serve or whether we are simply discerning next steps in faith or what it looks like to ask, what is God up to in the midst of my life? What is God saying to me? And what might I do about that invitation or challenge that God is inviting me into? Now, I know as we think about cultivating six new relationships, for some of you, that's a really easy invitation. Maybe you're really extroverted. You love cultivating six new relationships and that's uh, something that you could do in your sleep. Maybe you're already doing it well in your everyday ordinary life. But I also realize that for others of us, it is it can be a hard thing to do. And particularly if you are, are more introverted or if you know, reaching out, meeting new people can be hard for you. I realize that we are all going to come to this from, from different places. And, and yet, I'm hopeful that whether we are cultivating six new relationships or even just one, that we will be able to grow in our faith together through this invitation. Um, I already have really, really loved getting to hear stories like those in Core 2 about just how big of an impact friendships with one another have had on our community and ways in which many people here at our church have been able to discern what God might be saying to them and what it looks like to respond in that space, whether that is through a serving opportunity or some kind of additional invitation that might even look different. I cannot wait for 
even a year from now when we are looking back on what the last year has held and ways in which we have lived into making these meaningful relationships and kind of deepening them in the midst of our lives. Because I truly believe that as we grow closer to one another, we always are growing closer and closer to our God. So I don't know if this is a brand new invitation for you or if it's something you've been thinking about, but I certainly would encourage you today to start praying about and thinking about who you might invest in over the course of the next year. And maybe you already have like six people ready to go, or maybe you just want to start with thinking about who's one person who this week I can invest in in a brand new way. Friends, as we reflect on this, I'm going to invite us into a posture of prayer. And I'm going to start with some words by a man named Jerry Weber, who wrote a prayer based on Psalm 33. That is, he kind of titles a psalm for being drawn into community. And I'll start with his words and then pray us out from there. So let's take a, a deep breath as we head into prayer. This is a psalm for being drawn into community. Those who find life in God are lighthearted, not overcome in heaviness, not despising under the weight of daily living. They live connected to others in life-giving ways. A community of those journeying together deeper into God. God sees all of us, all of the people of the world with a heart turned outward in love toward every created thing. God knows the shape of our interior, the motives and desires that fill us, having formed our hearts for God living from birth. No leader exists who can shape the heart that way. No world ruler holds sway over human heart desires, corporations and ideologies and political action, for all of their influence cannot bring us to wholeness, cannot heal the soul wounds of our hearts, cannot solve the self-sickness of ego, cannot meet the longings of our deepest desires. Holy God, we give you thanks for these words from Jerry Weber these words that remind us that our relationship with you is always connected to our relationship with one another. We thank you that you are a God that desires to be known by us. We also thank you that you are a God that is always found in the context of relationship. Lord, as we head off to cultivate new relationships, we ask that we would be mindful that we don't go alone into this work. We go with you in the power of your Holy Spirit. You equip us for this work. You go before us knowing that there is never a moment where we are alone because you are God, our God who knows us deeply and calls us by name, goes with us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, it's been great to worship with you together during this time. Uh, we'd love to invite you to come and join us for worship in person or online, live on Sunday mornings or throughout the week. You can find more information about our worship times or worship with us online at fvumc.org. And while you're there, uh, you can find plenty of ways to connect with us, uh, whether that's uh, connecting in sort of an opportunity for community around here or serving the greater Fuquay community around us. Uh, so we'd love to invite you to join us for those. If this is a resource that provides you spiritual sustenance and you'd like to partner with us in making it possible for everyone else while you're there, at the top right-hand corner, there's a button that says give, or you can go to fvumc.org give. 
and make a gift there that makes the mission and ministry of this place possible. We're so thankful for everyone who partners with us uh, to do just that. Listen, it's been great. It's been great to be together with you uh, in this moment. And we look forward to worshiping again with you real soon. We'll see you then.